Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1. We're going to begin reading in verse number 18 this morning. Matthew chapter 1, probably a familiar passage of Scripture for many. It's a Christmas story. We find in Matthew chapter 1 that an angel comes and tells Mary that she's going to have a child, tells Joseph she, he is going to be the father and to name his son Jesus. And we're going to pick up reading here in verse number 18. You there? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Here we go. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for, what, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus." For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. How many of you heard that popular song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of Year? 1963, I believe it was, that song was written, and it is like this time of year, the top hit on, on, on the charts in, in uh, uh, every year since 1963. It is a song that allows us to get into the Christmas mood or a festive mood, a Christmas spirit. It talks about sledding in snow and spending time with loved ones, and it's a wonderful time of year, isn't it? How many of you think Christmas time is a wonderful time of year? Amen. All right. It is. It's a wonderful time. And it's a wonderful time for Christians because it's an opportunity for us to share who Jesus is. You know, Christmas is, it's about, it's about snow and sledding and Christmas trees and presents and family. And it is about those things. But more importantly, it's about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we as Christians, we have something to be thankful for. I want to preach this message today, a season of hope. You know, Christmas time, it is a season of hope. We, we live in a world, we live in a world of despair. We live in a world of unrest. We live in a world of hopelessness. There's a lot of things happening all around us here in this world that we live in. If you watch the news too much, if you're not careful, you can get pretty discouraged. If you find out what's happening around this world, it can cause you to get discouraged. And there may be some things that have happened in your life this year that may cause you some discouragement. But we as Christians, we have something to be thankful for. Because this is a season of hope. Jesus Christ, he gives hope to the hopeless. He gives strength to the weak. We find here in this passage of Scripture, and we're going to look at a man here one man in the Bible knew just what it was to have a wonderful life, have everything seemingly going according to plan, and then in one day have everything turned upside down. Have you ever been there? You think you've got life all planned out, and then something happens. 
Some event takes place, some circumstance takes place, maybe a doctor's visit, maybe a, a, a word from your employer. Something happens and it seems like life just went upside down overnight. Now, I want you to think about Joseph because that's exactly what happened to Joseph. This is a true story. This is not just a, a, a story that is, is uh, uh, some old fable. This is a true story that happened to a real person by the name of Joseph. Joseph was planning his life. Joseph had everything, everything planned. He had the woman he's going to marry. He had the business. He had everything planned out. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like life got turned upside down just in a day. It was hopeless. But God allows us to have hope because of this season. His dream, Joseph, his dream is falling apart. His hope for a wonderfully rosy future seemed to suddenly disappear. He didn't just know what to do because now there is a problem in his life. You know, when things seem at their most hopeless state, is when God steps in. God here stepped in for Joseph and he delivered this good news about the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. And, and we're going to find here in this passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 1, in these verses that we read, that, that the hopelessness that Joseph felt turned to hope because of the news that he heard about Jesus. There's a pastor by the name of Robert J. Morgan, he wrote this, in the Bible, hope is not synonymous with maybe. Biblical hope refers to sure and certain expectations. Let me read that again. He says this, that biblical hope refers to sure and certain expectations, which, because they're still in the future, create in us a sense of anticipation. He goes on to write this, the hope we learn here is based on the promises of God's word that can change our anticipation of the future. For Joseph, this hope was the promise that he would see the God child given to save the world. You know, Joseph had hope. Now, that biblical hope is not we cross our fingers and we hope it turns out. That's not what that hope means. That hope means this, it's sure. That hope means this, it's certain. It's the exact same way that God said it was going to be. If God said it, we can trust it. The reality is this, if it's in God's word, we can believe it and we can trust it. It will never fail. God's word has never been wrong and it never will be wrong. Therefore, our hope ought to be in God's word. Our hope in God's word means this, we believe it is certain and we believe it is sure that if the Bible says it, it's going to happen. And that's exactly the hope that Joseph experienced. As Joseph was planning his future, as Joseph was making the arrangements to, to marry his wife, we find here the Bible says that, that he heard from her that, that uh, she was with child and, and then he had some things to think about. But I want to, before we get to that place, I, I want to give, look at this thought in verse number 18. Verse number 18, if you look again there with me. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When in his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. What the Bible says is when Mary was espoused to Joseph, that was a time of engagement, but it was even deeper than we would consider engagement. It was a time of, of marriage, but they just haven't come together yet. 
There's a time there that uh, they still physically have not yet come together. So the Bible says that they're espoused, that they have not physically come together, but there's a problem. She was found with child. So we find this pronouncement of hope. The Bible tells us this, that Jesus, the birth of Jesus was on this wise. We find this, that she was espoused to Joseph. We find that she was with child. And and with these few words, the Bible says this, she was with child from the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. In verse number 18. So we find this, we find the pronouncement of hope to an espoused couple. We find it to these two that were, were, were at a place, a period of engagement. They're entering into this, this period of engagement right before marriage. And this is a serious time for them. This is a time that they're planning their future. They're planning their wedding. They're planning what the future is going to look like. We find that this uh, announcement, this comes to a, a couple that's a spouse. They come to a time where a couple that already have their life planned out. You ever got news in your life that you didn't plan? Is there anyone here, I wonder, that you had everything worked out the way you thought it was going to work out, and the news came? I remember when we were engaged just before we were to get married. I believe it was just a, a week or so before we get married. And Michelle started having these, these heart issues, and, and um, uh, uh, she said it felt like her heart was just flipping inside of her. And I said, that's because you're engaged to me. We're getting married next week, of course. And I assured her I felt the same way, but um, uh, hers kept happening, and they took her to the, to the doctor, and, and she had to be put on a heart monitor and found that she had um, some minor health, um, heart issues, and uh, we experienced that right before our wedding. And I thought, is she still going to back out of this thing? Is she going to still get married? And, and I, all these things are one going through my mind, and I'm wondering because I got news that I didn't anticipate and nearly didn't want. I thought it was going to change my plans. You know, every one of us probably have had something in our life that has happened that we didn't plan for and we didn't desire. Here, here we find that this, this announcement of hope, it comes to this espoused couple. It comes to these, this couple that, that were waiting and longing for their day to happen, and this was not the way they thought it was going to happen. We find as well, the Bible tells us, that it comes to a pure couple. Not only were they espoused, the Bible says they had not come together yet. You know, this is interesting, and this is a point that we all need to consider here is this. They were willing to do what God had taught them to do through his word, and because of that, they were, willing, they were able to be used of God. This couple, was, they were a pure couple. They were, there's there's a, many, many versions of the Bible that might change the, the words here to a young woman, but, but the Bible says here that she is a virgin. That means this, that she had not ever been with a man. It wasn't that she had never been with Joseph yet. She had never been with any man at this point. We find here they're a pure couple. Now, the birth of Jesus was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was a spouse of Joseph, before they came together, that was a physical relationship. They had not come together physically for a relationship yet. You know, over and over, the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit protects that doctrine. That is a doctrine that we believe in. We believe in the virgin birth. 
We believe that the the mother of Jesus was a virgin from the time she conceived, and the Bible even teaches till up till after Jesus was born. Joseph chose not to know his wife or not to have a physical relationship with his wife until after that point. That shows this couple a pure couple. We find that over and over in Luke chapter 1, verse number 26, the Bible says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And that virgin's name was Mary. Over and over, we find throughout the scripture where the Bible emphasizes the fact that she was a virgin. She had not been with a man. And the Bible tells us in no uncertain terms that Mary was not just a, not just a woman, but she was a virgin. Literally, this means this, that she had no relation, no, no physical relation with a man. The Bible says in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. This is a, this is a prophecy from Isaiah chapter number 7. And Mary would not have fulfilled the prophecy if she had been with another man, if she had been with Joseph. And so Mary fulfilled this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7 because she was a virgin and she would conceive and bear a son and her son would be called Emmanuel. We see... Also, this to be a blessed couple. I want you to notice two important phrases at the end of Matthew chapter 18, 118. The first was this, Mary was found with child. We also find this, the second phrase, that Mary uh, was, was of the Holy Ghost. You see, we find in those two areas that Mary is a, Mary and Joseph, they're a blessed couple. You know, Mary was able to be blessed and Joseph was able to be blessed because they followed God's plan for their life. We find this, that because when they were espoused, the Bible tells us this, that they had not come together. There was nothing, no physical relationship with those two. And because, because they were obedient to the word of God, because they followed the word of God in their life, God was able to bless them and use them to birth his son. If, if they would have made their own decisions, if they would have followed a, a plan other than what God had for their life, then God would have not been able to bless this family and use this family the way he desired to. And that's important for us to understand. Because God does desire to use us. God does have a plan for our lives. God does have a desire for us that he wants to use us. And we need to submit ourselves to his word. We need to submit ourselves to his plan so we can do what he desires out of our lives. When God needed a couple, he was able to bless this couple. The Bible says in Galatians 4, 4 through 5, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. We find this, that God was seeking, God was desiring to send his son. We know this, that God's desire is to redeem mankind back to him. Because mankind chose to sin, God needed a plan. God needed a, a sacrifice. God needed a way to redeem mankind back to him. Every single person is born into this world with a sin nature. And because of that sin, we are separated from God. And God does not desire for us to be separated, but God, God is a holy God and God is a just God. And the only way that we can be redeemed back to God, a payment, a, a, a sacrifice must be made. And the Bible tells us this, a blood sacrifice. 
Without the redeeming of blood, there's no remission of sin. Blood had to be shed. The problem was this. In the Old Testament, up until this point, sacrifices were made, but they weren't sufficient to be uh, 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 a sufficient sacrifice, so they had to continue to be made. Every time you sinned, you had another sacrifice had to be made. But when Christ came and Christ shed his blood, that sacrifice was sufficient to cover all of mankind's sin. Every sin that man ever committed, every sin man ever will commit, that blood of Jesus Christ is sufficient to cover that sin. And so we find here that God had a plan. Because this couple were following God's plan for the life, they were able to be blessed and used of God so that a Savior could be born. I want you to see in verse number 19 and first part of verse number 20, my second point here, we see a pondering of Joseph. We see the pronouncement, pronouncement of hope. We find here that, 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 that God is going to send His Son, Jesus Christ. There is going to be hope. Mankind is in a hopeless state, but soon, the Redeemer is going to be born. Mankind is in, a, in a, a, a place separated from God, but soon a Savior is going to be born. Joseph finds himself in a place of hopelessness. He's seeking, he's searching for answers, and God gives him hope. We find here now this pondering of Joseph. You know, you can imagine, just imagine how overwhelmed Joseph must have been. This morning, you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder, has anything ever overwhelmed you or are you even going through something right now in your life that has you overwhelmed? I mean, you, you're just, you're overwhelmed. Maybe it causes you to lose sleep. Maybe it's causing you to, to, to fight or bicker with your spouse or maybe it's causing you just a spirit of unrest and you're looking for answers. Joseph is pondering. He's thinking. He's got some circumstances in his life that he is not sure how to handle. Have you been there? I know I have. He's at a place where he's overwhelmed. And, and, and think about the news. He just received news. In verse number 19, he has not yet heard from the angel. He hasn't heard about this being the, the, the uh, uh, Savior of the world. He doesn't know this is Jesus. He just knows up until this point that his wife, that he's been planning this marriage with, he's been planning this life with, he just realizes this, that at this point, he is now at a place where what he thought was going to happen could all change. This isn't what he wanted in his marriage. He didn't expect that before they came together, his wife would come to him and say, I'm with child. The Bible says this in verse number 19, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. See, Joseph was in a, a situation where he had, a, he had to make some decisions. He's at a place where he has to ask himself this question, what am I going to do? His dream of happily ever after, it seemed to be falling apart. His plans were not happening the way that he thought they were going to happen. I'm not sure, but perhaps he even questioned why. Why God would allow such a thing to happen in his life. 
Joseph's at a place of pondering. When we come to this place in our life of being overwhelmed, when we come to this place of life of having to ponder, I want us to see where Joseph was at. The reality is this, every single person is going to come to a place in life where you're overwhelmed. Every single person is going to come to a place in life where you have to make decisions that are going to impact your life. Joseph, he is at that place. The Bible says this about Joseph, as he pondered, he pondered justly though. Do you see that? We find a couple of noticeable, notable things mentioned here about Joseph's character in verse number 19. One of the things that we notice about his character, the Bible says this, that he was a just man. This word could be translated into righteous, observing divine laws, virtuous in keeping the commands of God. We know this, that Joseph, he was a righteous man. He was a one that, that was virtuous. He was one that wanted to make the right decision. He was just. Now, the Bible says that Joseph, being this just man, his decisions were this. He had two decisions to make. He could make her a public example, meaning this. He could bring her before the, the people and, and say that she's committed adultery and make her an example. If, if a woman in those times were to commit adultery, if they found her to be committing adultery, she would be uh, 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 stoned or, or, or something physically may happen to her. Or This was something he could bring her in front of the people and make her an example of. Joseph said, I'm not going to do this. The second thing Joseph had to make a decision on was this. Now what to do? The Bible says that he thought of just putting her away privately, meaning this, just make the problem go away. He'd have to give up every dream he had with Mary. He'd have to forfeit every plan he had with Mary. And he said this, he wasn't going to make her a, uh, an example and he was going to put her away privately. So there were some decisions he was pondering and he pondered justly. You know, he wasn't willing, he wasn't willing to make Mary a, a, a public example. He wasn't willing to say, because you've wronged me, I'm now going to show everybody what you've done. I think this is a lesson that every single one of us as Christians, we ought to look at how we deal with people, even people that we perceived as, as, have hurt us. Because you know what we want to do? We want to go and we want the world to know our position. We want to know how we were wronged. You know, it was a good thing Facebook didn't exist back in those days, huh? Because we want to get on and tell everyone how somebody else has done something and what they've done and how they've wronged us. We want to make sure the world knows what? That we are right. Joseph said, I'm not willing to do that. I want to handle this in a righteous way. I want to handle this in a virtuous way. There is a situation in my life, and I'm not wanting to let the world know and decide who's right or wrong. I just simply want to be virtuous in handling this situation. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if every single person tried to handle every situation in their life in a righteous way and in a virtuous way? Joseph here, he handled this. He pondered justly. The Bible also says this, he pondered compassionately. We find that Joseph was a merciful man. Matthew, he records that rather than making her a public example, he was going to put her away privately. No, that was compassion. Do you deal with people with a heart of compassion? 
when someone wrongs you, how do you deal with them? Joseph here, remember in verse number 19, he's, uh, he still hasn't heard from the angel. That's not until verse number 20. All he knows is this lady that he's invested in. All he knows is this lady that he loves. All he knows is this one that he's dreamed about has now come to the place and she said, I'm with child. And Joseph knows this is not my child. This is not something that I've done. Mary, you must have had a relationship outside of this bond of, 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 of being a spouse because this is not my child. But instead of making her an example, he showed compassion to her. We find here he pondered compassionately. Do you know by pondering compassionately, it doesn't allow you to get bitter and angry? You don't find here where Joseph gets mad and angry because he was wrong, because his rights were were taken away, because his plans were changed. You find where Joseph handled the situation compassionately, even though he was the one that was perceived to be hurt in this situation. He didn't get bitter. There is a story I read of a Tokyo police who once, uh, once arrested a man who was upset over being denied entrance to a graduate school 14 years previously. And since that day that this man was denied, the story tells this, that the man had averaged 10 harassing phone calls per night between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. to the former professor he blamed for the lost opportunity. So for 14 years straight, every night, 10 times a night, between 8 o'clock and 2 o'clock, he harassed this professor, blaming this professor because he couldn't get in to this graduate school. He blamed this man. In total, this man made 50,000 phone calls over those 14 years. The police estimated that the cost of his phone bill could easily have covered his tuition at another university. You see what bitterness does? See what anger anger does? You know, Joseph could have easily sought revenge against Mary. Joseph could have easily said, I'm going to act out in, in, in anger. I'm going to prove my point. I'm going to show who's right and who's wrong. He could have shown bitterness and he could have had anger toward her, but you don't find that's what Joseph did. Here, instead of letting bitterness eat him up, instead of letting anger eat him up, he responded with a heart of compassion toward Mary. I want you to read something the Bible says about love. In 1 Corinthians 13, I want to ask you this. In any situation you're dealing with today, is this described how you're dealing with the situation? The Bible says this in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 13, charity or love suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. You know what I find in first, uh, the first chapter of Matthew? That is exactly how Joseph responded when he was hurt. Now, isn't it ironic that when we get hurt, we make excuses for how we respond? 
If we're not careful, we can say, but because this person did this, that's why I responded the way I responded. Because this person uh, made that accusation, because this person said this, or because that person did what they did, that's the reason I responded the way I responded. But Joseph didn't respond in reaction to what Mary did. Joseph already knew how he would respond because Joseph possessed character before the problem happened. Joseph said, I'm going to respond with a spirit of love. I'm going to respond with a spirit of compassion. I'm going to respond righteous. I'm going to respond in a virtuous way because I'm not going to let what Mary's done dictate how I respond. In Christian, we would do better for ourselves. We wouldn't have so much bitterness. We wouldn't have so much anger built up inside of us if we would choose to respond a spiritual way before the problem happens. And then when the problem happens, we would respond correctly. See, Joseph is showing us here, bitterness is not the way to respond when things don't go our way. We're seeing in our country, all on the news, how people respond when they don't get their way. I tell you, bitterness and anger, it just, it, it, it's childish. And that's not the way a Christian ought to respond to a problem. That's not a way a Christian ought to respond to someone that has offended them or hurt them. A Christian ought to respond justly. A Christian ought to respond compassionately. A Christian ought to to respond as Joseph responded patiently. The Bible says this in verse number 20, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says this, that he, he pondered patiently. But while he thought on these things. You know, this, this indicates Joseph was still thinking about his response. Joseph didn't immediately say, my mind's made up, this is what I'm going to do. Joseph wasn't quick and hasty to respond to the accusation or, or, the, or the situation that happened. He said, I'm going to think I'm going to put some thought into this. I'm going to put patience here. I'm not going to quickly decide what I'm going to do. I'm going to patiently think this out so that my response is appropriate. Have you ever made a response so quickly that almost immediately you thought, oh, how foolish that was? But the damage is already done. The hurt is already there. The wounds now you've made even deeper in the situation. Joseph could have complicated this matter even greater, but Joseph patiently waited before his response. He pondered patiently. I want you to see this. The Bible talks about not only was he patiently uh, uh, pondering, the Bible also talks about the, the provisions that God gave. In verse number 20, as he thought on these things... An angel comes today uh, to Joseph and says this, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. I want you to see the provisions that God has for Joseph. God's plan for Joseph was not what Joseph's plan for Joseph was. 
But Joseph responded correctly. And what Joseph was able to experience was God's provisions because of how he responded. Listen to me, Christian. This is where I think some of us miss out. Every single person in this room is going to go through something in your life that you don't like. Every single person is going to go through something in your life that's there that you didn't plan for. Every person, if you're a child of God, God is working in your life and how God works isn't always the way you want it done. We need to remember that. And how we respond when God is working is so important. How Joseph responded how God was working, it helped Mary. Some of you husbands that go off the, just go off in anger every time something happens in your home that you don't like, you're not helping your wife and your kids spiritually. You're hurting them. You ought to consider those that God has put in your life that you are to lead spiritually. And we ought not react or overreact every time something happens in our life that we don't like or we don't understand. Here, Mary was able to see God working in the life of Joseph because Joseph responded properly. Mary didn't ask for this either. It's not like they were taking applications, who wants to birth Jesus, and Mary won. This wasn't Mary's plan. Mary was just being sensitive. Mary was just following God's plan for her life. Mary goes to Joseph, and Joseph responded properly. And because they both responded properly, they see God's provisions. I think maybe sometimes Christians, we're missing out on God's provisions. We're missing out on God's blessings because we don't respond properly when he's working. We're angry. We get bitter. We hold things in. We get mad at our spouse. We get mad at our friends. We get mad at our work. We get mad at, at, at our church. We get mad at, at all, everyone around us. Every time something disrupts our plan, guess what? God disrupts your plans. And we ought to let him. And we ought to respond properly so that we can see God's provisions take place. And this is the exciting part, I believe, of this passage of Scripture. We find Mary finds out what's happening to her. Joseph finds out what's happening to her. And then we see God work when they were willing to let him. We see the provisions of God, God's plan. You know, if you spend any time with a three-year-old or a four-year-old, you'll learn quickly one of their favorite questions is what? Why? I was driving with Chloe last week, and we were, she, she, um, she is learning all these jokes. This, this past week at Thanksgiving, she's telling her grandparents these jokes, and they didn't think they were funny, and she didn't understand because these are brand new jokes. And finally, I had to break to Chloe. I said, Chloe, those jokes are older than grandma. And she said, they're that old? I said, they are. They are. She knows your jokes. We weren't falling for them. 
She asked why and everything. So we were, we were out uh, driving in the sky. She was asking about the sky. She had a joke about the blue sky. And she says, Dad, why is the sky blue? And I said, it's not blue, babe. It's, it's gray today. And, and I ruined her joke. And then she says, why is the sky gray today, Dad? She had this, like, wait a minute. Isn't it supposed to be blue? And I said, it's just one of those days. Well, why is it one of those days? Because it just is. Well, why is it one of those days, Dad? And she just kept going over and over. Why, 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 why? Has any of you ever been there? Why, why, why? And you just want to say, because I said so, that's why. Even if that's not the good answer, let's just stop this craziness. When God wants to work in your life, does he constantly hear why from you? Joseph, we don't find here in this scripture that Joseph was questioning God. You know, oftentimes we want to say, why, God, why are you doing this? God, why is this happening? God, why this, why this, why this? And we need to just trust in the provisions of God. You know what Joseph realized this? That if God wants to work, then God is going to provide. If God is working in your life, God will provide the provisions in your life. If God is allowing something to happen in your life, then God is going to supply the resources and the provisions for his will. Here he wants to use a child. Here, here, think about this. Mankind is hopelessly lost. Mankind is dying in their sin. Mankind has chosen to, to sin against God. And because of that, God cannot spend eternity with mankind. God wants so badly to fellowship with what he created, but man sinned. And so now there's a separation between mankind and God. And God said, I want to send my son. I want to give my son to this world so if mankind would just simply trust in my son, he's going to go to this earth, he's going to shed his blood, he's going to die upon the cross, he's going to rise again, and all those, all those that confess their sins and accept the sacrifice that Jesus made upon the cross and believe that God raised him from the dead, all mankind that believes that is going to be redeemed back to me. What a wonderful thing God wants to do. And God said, I just need a couple that's willing to do it. I need a, I need a young virgin that's willing to keep pure. I, I, need, a, I need a couple that, 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 that uh, are willing to stay pure. I need a couple that's willing to be blessed. I need a couple that's going to let me work. He sought for a couple. He found Mary and he found Joseph. He said, there's going to be something that's going to happen. I know you've got your plans all made, but I've got to change your plans. I know, Joseph, this might be embarrassing to your family, your friends, but I need you to be embarrassed for me. Because all of mankind, the redemption of mankind, is dependent upon how you respond, Mary and Joseph. Oh, listen to me. I know this morning God's not searching for another Mary and another Joseph to give birth to his son because it only had to happen one time. No more sacrifice has to be made because of the sacrifice that was made upon the cross. But I believe this, that God still desires to do great things in this world. And God still is looking for a couple that says, I'm going to be just and I'm going to be righteous and I'm going to be virtuous. I'm still going to let God work in my life. I'm still going to let God use me. The, the day you got saved, God's not finished with you. 
The day you got saved, yes, you got eternal life, but you've got life even more abundant from here on out. You still, you've got now a purpose to living on this earth. God gave you a plan and God gave you a purpose and God is going to allow some things in your life that you might not have wanted, that you didn't anticipate, that you didn't ask for, but God is going to supply the provisions. Anything he asks of you, he's going to meet that need. Oh, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if Christians, you and I, let God work? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we didn't look at life like what's in it for us? And am I happy? Am I getting what I want? Am I doing what I want? Am I getting fulfilled? Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing, Christian, if you and I looked at life and said, God, whatever you want with my life, it's yours. You've already bought my life. I owe my life to you. You own me. So whatever you have me to do, I'm willing to do for your glory and your honor. That's the way Christians ought to see their life. And when we do, we see the provisions of God. You know what I find here? The provisions of God, number one, is this. The plan was miraculous. In our darkest experiences, we forget that God has a plan to bring good out of suffering. If you're suffering here today, God has a plan to bring good out of that. Two weeks ago or so, I believe it was, I got a call from Brother Dissip. He said, my son Tony is in the hospital. And it was just down here in Bowling Green. And most of the time, his son's in the, Tony's in the hospital. It's down in Columbus area. So it's not like you can just run down the hospital and see him. But it was local here. So Michelle and I got in the car and we drove down. And before, I, before we got there, I got a text message. And he said this. He said, I was able to lead one of my doctors to the Lord. And then the next day, it said this, I was able to lead a, a doc, uh, an employee of the hospital to the Lord. And then the next day, it was I was able to lead the, the therapist to the Lord. Isn't it a wonderful thing when someone looks at suffering and sees what God is doing through that suffering? No, we'd never want, we'd never want our child to have cancer. We'd never want to visit our child in the hospital. We don't want our child to go through that kind of suffering. But three souls were added to the kingdom of heaven because somebody said, through this suffering, I'm going to let God work. And there's example after example after example of things maybe you're going through and you didn't get bitter, you didn't get angry, you didn't blame all those around you. You instead said, God, I know you're doing something, so just let me be your servant through this suffering. See, when you're willing to be a servant through suffering, you see a miraculous plan take place. For Joseph, while he was wrestling with what to do, God lifted the curtain and revealed a miraculous plan. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. You know what, Joseph, because he was willing to go through suffering, he saw God work. Not only was Jesus to be born, he was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Luke one thirty five, the Bible says, And the angel answered unto him, uh, unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. John 1.14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
In Colossians 2.9, the Bible says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hebrews 9.14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You know what we find? We find a miraculous conception takes place because this family was willing to let God use them. Lastly, I want you to see this, the provisions all for salvation. You see, this miraculous birth was God's plan to send His Son, and He sent Jesus for this specific purpose. You know, His provisions are miraculous. His provisions all for salvation. His promise is personal. Listen, God wants to work. God wants to meet your needs. God wants your life to count for something. Don't let suffering, don't let loss, don't let life that didn't go the way you had it planned keep you from, from, from letting God work in your life. Joseph here saw God work. In verse 25, we see that Joseph believed God and accepted God's plan. Let me close with this. And the Bible says this, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Joseph believed God. Joseph accepted God's purpose. And Joseph obeyed the instructions of God. This morning, I want to challenge you, believe God. Accept what He's doing in your life and be obedient to what He wants to accomplish. He said, how is He obedient? The angel said, I want you to call Him Jesus. And verse number 25 says this, Joseph called Him Jesus. And all through this, this trial that Joseph was going through, he did it the way God desired for him to do it. Will you trust God today? Will you believe God? Will you trust Him through your trial? And will you obey Him? You see, this season, I believe, is a season of hope. Joseph had hope because he believed God. Joseph had hope because he trusted God. And Joseph had hope because he obeyed God. You don't have to leave here hopeless today. Have hope in God.